0: salutations, board game fans. The Dice Pirates are back. This is episode 34. We're going to be diving into some two-player games. What makes them good? What do you want out of them? And what are some of our favorites? I, of course, am your Captain Ian, joined as always by Matt and Aaron. And we are honored today to be joined by Danielle. You are an Instagrammer. You, of course, are a board game Instagrammer, but you focus a lot on two-player games. We are thrilled to have you. Thank you for being willing to come on. Just kind of, so who are you? What's kind of your relationship with board games? Just tell us about yourself a little bit. Well,
1: thanks for having me. First of all, um, it's also really weird being called a board game Instagrammer because that's the <laughs> platform I'm least active on, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm there. I'm on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so yeah, board games, weird evolution in my life. I was very heavily a video gamer. And I had the baggie of Magic: The Gathering dangled in front of me, and here I am playing board games now. (laughs) So that's kind of the 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 old wives' tale of my board game history. So it's been about ten years. Ten years of me playing Mm. board games.
2: Another person lured down the alley by Wizards of the Coast.
1: They got me good in my initial like conversation when someone's like, "Hey, do you want to learn how to play Magic?" And I was like, "No." No. That's that's for nerds. As I was dressed up in like a cosplay at Pax, and, and I was like, <laughs> "Crack!" And I was like, "No, that is okay. for that's nerds, for nerds." Says and... the
3: woman who has a a, a cloak for D anD D?
1: I do, I do.
3: Well, you know, you took that step down
2: nerdiness, and you're right; it was a slippery slope, and now you're here uh, talking to uh, board game podcasters on a weeknight. Congratulations!
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, and know what this is what I live for now. This is what I'm excited yeah. for.
0: Well, we do appreciate you coming on for sure. We're going to jump into our soapboxes. And Danny, I know you actually have one that you want to bring us. You want to talk about Gamma, I believe.
1: I do. I do. So Gamma, I don't know if it's really a soapbox, but this is like my experience with Gamma. So Gamma is a games and manufacturing expo. Um, And initially it was meant for manufacturers, publishers, um, people that are already within the industry. And... This is the first year that they invited media to the the to the event. um, And they were very much like media this, like, please come in, come look at all the stuff. Um, They had a lot of events for us. They hosted a first look room for us where we can see a lot of like the upcoming Kickstarters and the games that are coming up for this year and even next year, like stuff with like super prototypes. They even uh, set up a speed dating event for us where... All the media got to sit down with a publisher one-on-one. We had six minutes. They would kind of not pitch their game. They weren't trying to sell us on the game, but they were trying to like explain the game to us. And then we would pitch ourselves as media and content creators. What can we do for them? And it was really just a good business interaction outside of the normal cons where we would meet like Gen Con and PAX where there's just a thousand people and you're sitting in like a sea of a million people and distractions everywhere. And it was... uh. It was a very chill, relaxed time and everyone was just there to do business on a very low key level. Like it was one of the coolest things I've done recently. And I went in with zero expectations. I had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know what I was going to do. And there I was in Reno in a casino and I was having lunch with people who like would design these games that I've been playing for years. And it was very surreal, but it was also very valuable as far as like growing my channel and growing what i do right now at this point and just compounding on the relationships i've already made because i hadn't met a majority of these people in the past two years in real life it's just solely been internet interactions so to be able to sit down with them and chat with them and you know face to face time, it was uh it was dope (laughs) the easiest way to put it it was dope That sounds
2: really cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, who were some of the people there that you met that you maybe knew from online that you had never gotten a chance to talk with in person before?
1: So, in person, so one of the biggest biggest things was uh, kind of, like, their their rep from Chip Theory. Um, I'm a huge Chip Theory fan. Too Many Bones is one of my favorite games of all time. Mm. I've had so many good, like, online interactions with them, but to sit down face-to-face and, like, be able to, like am i allowed to swear on here yeah (laughs) go for it okay shoot the shit with people about real life things it was very surreal like you get to know someone on a personal level and i feel like that makes like your more professional level a little bit stronger and the fact that you're able to interact with them and they still like you at the end of it which is (laughs) very encouraging i'm trying to think um the folks from leader super cool i found out they all played disc golf and i'm like Hell yeah! Like I'm there for that. Um, lots of F1 chat. That was exciting. Um, I'm trying to think who else I got. That um, the folks from BoardGameTables.com. So a lot of ka- Kabuto Sumo talk and what's coming up with them and um, just every everyone was there. And then to like, you only see people in their icons in on the, online. And I'm like I feel like on our lanyards we just need little pins of our icons so we know who they are. And it didn't help because everyone was wearing masks and hats and. But it was a. Uh, it was really cool and i will gladly go back every year
2: That sounds really fun we got to go to that
3: i'm jealous now i want to go we're we're, we're, I, we're big board game media right yeah absolutely fun fact danny ian and i have never met in real life really that's true that's a true fact yeah
1: that's some of the best relationships i'm the though, bridge like...
3: i'm the bridge friend and i introduced them
2: virtually but we've not yet uh been able to connect because uh geography and covid and all the other things (laughs) our podcast basically emerged in the middle of covid so it's been like weird
1: i feel like that happened with a lot of people do you guys have like plans to get together and meet and hang out one day
2: yeah we're talking about doing that we're getting we're gonna do a a a meetup and uh the the grand meeting of ian and aaron in person um the awkwardness is gonna be like so intense because i feel like there's gonna be a moment where they think about hugging and then they don't and it'll be really like amazing to watch that like awkward interaction
1: or there's just such like a firm grasp of bodies with each other that like fireworks ignite between mm-hmm. you two and that's it like you're you're set for life.
0: <laughs> Honestly, that sounds like the more reasonable. Yeah, we
3: have me. to we'll have to film it for the YouTube channel. We'll also have to make a YouTube channel first, but
1: let me know when you do because I need to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's all right, Matt. We want to go ahead and move on. You said you have something shocking that you want to bring to us. What's what's going on with that?
2: This happened moments ago, and I'm still like. I'm, sh- I'm shook up, so I walk into my house. I just got off work. I'm, I'm like defrocking de- de- myself from my work clothes, and my wife says, "I, uh, you have to see this." So her current, one of her current favorite things is organizing videos. That's her internet uh, joy. milieu. is like, clean your house. Ten thousand, like like ten great hacks for cleaning your stuff, and you know everybody's gotta be somewhere. So that's her thing. She's like, you got to see this lady. So she pulls me over to like this mom. Uh, personality who's like this is the ultimate hack for organizing your board games and i was like oh okay yeah and so then she proceeds to take a board game dump its entire contents into a clear mesh bag take the instructions throw it in zip it up crumble the box up and throw the box away and i'm screaming no what is she doing and she put the games into a file like a like an office file, so that you can rifle through and find the game you want and pull it out. And she's like, "Isn't that cool and neat?" And then when you're done, you just toss it back in the bag. And I was like, "This woman has committed a crime against all of board games." And I'm not even going to give her handle around because she doesn't Straight need big board jail. game uh, social media like coming down on her like an avalanche. But it was shocking, shocking as fellow board gamers. I can see your faces, and I know that this is just an upsetting thing to hear that people are doing this.
3: I wish I had the. To the words for the physical sensations that i just experienced and went through throughout that story
1: that is so i actually have a good story for this because okay. the second you started talking about it i was like oh my god i've experienced this travesty before it was one of the first tiktoks i've ever made this was like two and a half years ago and i remember seeing a very similar video where this, like a mom blogger was like 10 board game hacks and i was like all right lay them on me i want to see this she started cutting up the cover of the box to use as the label in the bag yes and i so i did a reaction video to it because i was just like what the hell are you doing in same thing dumped it on the bag cut up the box threw it yeah. in the ziploc bag and put it in like a tupperware container underneath the bed and i was like <sighs> she's like <sighs> i can fit 50 in here and i was like or you could not <laughs> you can yeah, not, could do, not do that
0: the yeah. Tupperware just adds an extra level to the whole thing. You're oh, like, yes, was so... Tupperware, genius!
2: <laughs> My wife was like, "Just like I knew you would hate this," and I was like, "If you knew, like, not only so not only just displaying your boxes, like, such a big part of like board game culture that like shelfies are a thing. Like, you know, you take a picture of like how you've got your stuff arranged, uh, but but also like organizing board games is such a thing that there are aftermarket organizers that cost more than the game." <laughs> And I was like, and of course, that like, my wife fell out at that. She's like, people don't buy that. And I was like, Dennis, our <laughs> friend Dennis bought one, has bought multiple
1: <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of dollars. So many organizers. Okay. So
0: many I'm just, organizers. surely it is more complicated. I'm just trying to imagine like Gloomhaven or something right well, just imagine or like t- imagine twilight imperium and everything's in one bag okay, but here's
3: the thing with you have gloomhaven to, you have to it's... order
0: organize everything you have to pick out each piece <laughs> i would but
3: gloomhaven is already <laughs> the size of a rubbermaid tub so you're not making it any yeah. smaller just
2: i mean <laughs> sure no this is uh, i mean to be fair these were like monopoly you know this was like a game you dump out and play but this was not real
1: Real games. It Wasn't real board games. It wasn't real board games. <laughs> it wasn't real
2: board games. It wasn't real board games. Says man drinking a Yingling.
1: <laughs> the best of the worst. Uh.
2: So anyway, that was my soapbox. I just I'm coming down off that now. Thank you for letting me uh, vent.
0: Wow. So we definitely have to have a bit of a palate cleanser after that, before we move on to our main discussion. So we're actually going <laughs> to jump into some bitter board gamers. Of course, this is the game where I'm going to read some one-star reviews. And you guys are going to guess, what game am I talking about? All right, are you guys ready? Absolutely. I can't
1: wait for this. I'm very excited.
0: <laughs> All right, we're going to jump into our first review. An interesting idea. Promised a lot, but the combat system is horrible. The illustrations look like they were done by a teenager. You could forgive them if the game was worth playing. Disappointing.
3: Wait. Bad combat.
2: Bad, bad art. Bad combat. Bad art. Uh, could be a lot of the games that I love, honestly. I'm looking around. <laughs> I mean, it could, be, it could be any number of games that I would
3: defend. Very, very much a, a Matt description.
1: I like, although I'm a big fan of bad art. I find it endearing sometimes. It just adds on to the the flavor of the game
0: does, oh. doesn't it? All right, that's definitely a tough one. I'm going to give you guys a second one just to fill it in a little bit. All the fun of Puerto Rico, but with significantly less depth, at least it's over in 20 to 30 minutes. Though it's not getting any extra points just because the torture ends sooner.
3: 20 minutes. Puerto Rico, <laughs> that's such a bad, bad com- review. <laughs> I am having an impossible time bridging Rico combat, combat to Puerto Rico. Like, <laughs> what? So, so it has like the
2: Puerto Rico like uh, uh, like you can Nine. pick an action on your opponent's turn thing. Maybe is that like what we're talking about? Bad art. It's got. Is it a gamelan game? They they have weird art sometimes. Tiny Epic Kingdoms has terrible art. It's Tiny Epic Kingdoms.
0: It's Tiny Epic Kingdoms. Yes. Wow, <laughs> I did it.
2: That was brilliant. You you, Damn. you zeroed on on that. Tiny Epic Kingdoms has the, the craziest like uh, like a. Like an earnest middle schoolers like who's into D. That sounds terrible. I hope the artist of this doesn't look but it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's it's very a mixed bag. Who is finishing
3: Tiny Epic Kingdoms in twenty minutes? I mean it's not the longest game, know. but
2: like Dang. I like Tiny Epic Kingdoms.
1: Put it on my list of games to play. Or not play, I guess according to news reviews. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that
2: bad. It does have weird
0: art. Yeah, I do actually have a question for you guys before we move on to our next one, because uh, one of the other reviews that I saw, it says, uh, you know what I love? Games that list that they work with two players, but really don't. I love wasting money on games that falsely advertise that they work with two. Have any of you guys played Tiny Epic Kings with two people, and does it work? It does not. I looked
3: at the two-player rules and made that decision without having played it. I was like, oh, so this is one of those games, and then put it in the three-plus area of the shelves.
2: Yeah, I was going to mention it during the show, or during the main part of the discussion, and now I will have to. But yeah, it's one of those fake me outs where it's like two to, uh, I think it plays up relatively high, like two to six. It's like a good game for like a big group. But two is a, a fake me out because you have to use an AI third player. It just isn't really built for two. And there's a lot of games that do that where it's like, it's for two players, but also only use like this corner of the board. <laughs> and like a quarter of the resources. I'm like, get out of here with that. It's not a, get out of here. I don't want to play like a quarter of the game.
0: Man, well, it sounds like at least one of these negative reviews was, uh, was saying something re- uh, actually true. Yeah. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to our second game. Your first review. I despise this. <laughs> People tell me it's about table banter, but that just devolves into shouting at each other since no one at the table is in possession of any concrete information. End result? Random guess and selection. Awful.
1: That's so many. That's coming through right.
0: Everywhere. I'm like
3: obvious first guess werewolf.
0: Yeah, Deception? it is. It is one night ultimate werewolf.
3: Ah, uh, yeah. Hard to disagree. Yeah. You get, I mean, not the most information, but certainly more than like base game werewolf, where it's just like, who's the first person to talk? Well, they're dead.
1: Well, also, I feel like those games, like you're not working with a bunch of information in general. It's not like you're given really anything, like. How can you be angry at that? You know that's what, that's what's happening when you're going into that game. <laughs> also,
3: Ian, yeah. how dare you? You know my feelings on social deduction games.
0: Yes, I, I knew you would be upset by this. Um, before we before we finish up, there's a, a review that I, I had to, to read. The guy got so mad, he opened his thesaurus uh, on us. <laughs> I utterly despise this game and its clonal progeny. Not that I would want to play it ever, but I have seen it played more than enough to make my opinion. It is a game that phagocytes an entire group of players and a room, overpowering the smell like toilet cleaner. It destroys all possibilities to play any other game in the same room so disruptive it is and can even hijack players engaged in other games. Don't ever ask me to play that unless you want to see a werewolf in action. Uh, and I don't know that what? you're allowed to say all those words on this podcast. Yeah.
2: First of all, I'm proud of that review, and um, I'm glad that I wrote it. Uh, <laughs> See, I'm, I'm Googling the word phagocyte right now. Uh, he
1: definitely right-clicked, like, similar to. Suggest, the yeah. And then flexed at the end, like, yeah, I'm big, strong daddy. Big, strong man. I'm <laughs> yeah.
2: mad. There's not even a verb form of... You can't use phagocyte like that. You can't
0: use phagocyte as a verb. It actually doesn't make any sense. I don't know what he was trying to say. I uh, don't know if it makes any sense.
2: A, a type of cell within the body capable of engulfing and absorbing bacteria.
0: I think that's what he was getting at. Is it, like... Engulfs the entire room, but edit. I don't know. Now you know. Anyways,
2: knowing is half the bottle.
0: Anyways, you lo- <laughs> <laughs> you always hate seeing people that missed it, but sometimes it is just too fun not to get into. We of course are going to move on to our main topic, talk about some two-player games. So we'll be right back in just a second.
2: Today's episode of The Dust Pirates is brought to you by Board Game Organizers. Dump your board games into a bag, toss them <laughs> under your bed. <laughs> All these boxes taking up space? Just toss them under your bed in a bag. Sponsored by
0: Ziploc. This, yeah. uh, He's buy them
1: book on Amazon.
2: I don't know. I bet I could make, like, board game bags with, like, a Z, a thing. Board game bags. <laughs> uh,
1: just use, like, plastic grocery bags from the market to save them because you know you have a bunch underneath your sink.
2: The new board game selfie would just be piles of old Walmart bags full of games. <laughs>
0: just <laughs> just it's, Sharpie on the bags.
1: It just looks like a, like a homeless man's Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, and welcome
2: back to the Dice Pirates, and we're going to go ahead and jump into our main topic, which this week we're going to be taking a look at two-player games. Uh, this is actually a little bit of a spinoff from uh, a sidetrack, uh, a rant uh, last in our last episode where we talked about how a lot of games. Uh, boldly proclaim that they are two to four two to six players but not every game really plays well at two players it takes a kind of a special game to feel just as fulfilling with two as it does with a larger group so we wanted to kind of dig into that topic a little bit and uh we are thrilled to have uh danny here with us to break the topic down so i'll just toss to you what do you look for in a good two-player game what makes a game good for two
1: i want something that i guess respects my time Um, So I'm a big fan of like synchronous play, um, but I also appreciate that more with more players. So a game like Space Space is very quick with a big group of people, but that game might also probably not play at a two-player count because well it just there's more variability there's more excitement when you have more people it's the same with like nidalevir and i botch the name of that game all the time <laughs> love that game it's such a good yeah. time and it respects your time but again i don't think i would play it at two players because the interaction with players you know with more players is just more fun so i want something that respects my time in that sense but also it doesn't alter the how the game is played with two players. So, I'm not looking to bring in an AI to like fill in the blanks for the lack of players. Um, like we were talking earlier, I'm not looking to only use a, a quarter of the game because we're at two players. So, I want like the full experience of the game, um, but at only a two player count. However, I do have an exception to that rule, <laughs> and that is Ankh, where there's a different experience in that game. So, that is a dudes on a map territory control style game um and i prefer it at a two-player really? however when it's more than two players it brings in this mechanic where you get to merge players and it's a completely different play style and that actually play style is totally not for me so i prefer it at a two-player account but for the most part i want to still be able to get the same experience at a two-player count then a three then a four the, and a four um, and i want to respect my time and also I also like games where I can just sit down and not speak. Mm, yeah. <laughs> where it's just me and my husband, and we're not talking. And by the end of the game, it's like two hours, in and you're like, all right, so what'd you do? How'd that go? Let's, let's count up points. That's great.
0: <laughs> what'd you build over there?
1: Yeah, what's good? How's your engine going? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I actually really like that, because as I'm thinking about the games that my wife and I play together they do often tend to fall like kind of in the same same vein where unless we're playing something like above and below or near and far where reading and interacting with each other is part of it a lot of the games we tend to play are are just very like quiet we'll play some calico we'll play some tiny towns like games that just let you sort of zone in and, and what you're doing mm-hmm. and just really focus on one thing and then at the end you're like hey this is what I did look at it it's pretty
1: let me show you me. know I, I appreciate that because at the at the end of the day like if i'm sitting down and playing a game which for the most part is going to be a two-player count um I want that kind of like relaxing nature where it doesn't require like a ton of interaction back and forth like verbally or we're not at each other's throats trying to like kill each other yeah. like in a deck builder like that's a game where you just like you're at each other's throats yeah um for the games where there's a lot of interaction i want to do it with more people like i want i want to have those conversations and i want to have the fun um it's like terraforming mars for example that's a game we can sit down for three hours and not speak the whole time like i won't even question it obviously we're not going to cheat we are respectful of each other um at the end of that like so uh how many points you got yeah you yeah you you built a lot of oceans cool
2: (laughs) uh that's funny because you mentioned terraforming mars because one of the games that i was going to bring up as uh a game that i think is pretty good two players is actually the Ares expedition uh version of terraforming mars which is uh the little bit more streamlined uh version of the game uh that plays around with that puerto rico light mechanic again of being able to take an action on your opponent's turn you both declare an action and you can potentially do two different actions it um I don't know if everyone would agree that it scales down super well to two because that core thing of, like, everyone picks an action they're going to do on the turn in a two-player game, it definitely increases the chance that you're both going to pick the same action, which kind of makes, like, a bummer around. So I like can 100% see where some people don't uh, like uh, this game at two. But I liked it at two because of what you just described. It does have that chill... Like, ooh, I'm building a nice little tableau. Look, I've look, I've made bacteria, and look, I'm bringing down a, a meteor onto the planet. Uh, you know, so you're just kind of doing your thing, and then occasionally checking in with your opponent, and then it's all over. So I thought that one was pretty fun. That's a recent two-player experience that I enjoyed.
1: I've yet to bring that to the table, and I really want to. I, we've read the rulebook several times. We brought it on vacation, and we haven't yeah. played it yet. But that's good to hear because I also like Race for the Galaxy. At two players, and it's the same thing. Like you're picking the actions, and there Mm -hmm. you can have a bummer round, but I I don't mind it. I don't I don't mind it, and I think I've played it with more players, and I'm just like, "Eh, sure, whatever, like it's fine. But it's it's definitely in my two player wheelhouse.
2: Yeah, if you like race, you'll like areas. Race Race is a better comparison point than Puerto Rico. Actually, I don't know why I completely blanked on that. Uh, I had Puerto Rico on the brain because I just mentioned it, but it's the race for the galaxy meets Terra Mystica hybrid, and it's it's fun, and it does work it too. It's funky at like three or four because there is more going on. It doesn't necessarily feel cutthroat. It's not a really player interaction game, but it is just, it is busier and it gets more zen and chill at two, which I think that's what I'm looking for. I was thinking about what I want in a two-player experience. I don't love two-player games where there's a lot of take that because it's just you and another person and you're just Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) sorry, dude, bam, I've killed your things. (laughs) Or like, I'm sorry, I've just completely invalidated your turn or like that kind of, that's not always a great vibe. I mean, It depends on who you're playing with, sometimes it is. But I like buildy enginey games more with two people.
3: Yeah. Take that, especially in two player games. It it feels a lot more personal, even though it's like, well, you're the only other I, <laughs> you are the only one who can take that, so yeah, but for some reason I, I think it's just that the dynamic of it's you and one other person, you don't it's it's harder to to separate it from your relationship beyond the game, so it's like Oh, oh, so that's what we're doing tonight? You sleeping on the couch tonight? Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's, um, we kind of have, like, a house rule when it comes time, uh, when we play two-player games, and, like, especially when you play, like, a heavy Euro game, and there's a random mechanic thrown in to just kind of screw with another person, like, it just feels... It feels bad i don't want to feel bad where you you spend all this time to like build up what you're doing you're strategizing you're really like putting a lot of love into it and there's like one card that can completely make that person crumble and we kind of have like scythe is a good example of that not necessarily a card but we kind of have a a rule where we don't attack each other like let us just go build our (laughs) engines get our mechs out let us like go and control our territories, and you're gonna stay on one side of the map, and I'm gonna stay over here, and we're gonna leave each other alone, and you know what's gonna get spicy afterwards if one of us attacks. Like, it it doesn't end well. It, like, it doesn't, so... I, I'm not a big fan of that in two-player games, where it's just, like, the one little thing in a game where it's just like, really? You did that? Like, why? <laughs> I don't want it.
0: There's definitely a lot of stuff that you do specifically want, like, within two-player games that, that that's changed, so I kind of want to start moving into some of the specific games that we wanted to talk about because i know aaron you actually had a game that you want to talk about that had something i would have brought up as something you don't do in a uh, yes. two-player game is like social deduction because I, I feel like something like that like a lot of those things where you're you know the, the guessing normally seems like something you'd have with more people so i'm curious as to how that works and why that makes a good two-player so, game so
3: as has as certainly been brought up I'm, I'm a fan of weird games i'm a fan of games that <laughs> really try and and do something and swing for the fences even if they don't always land uh and the elevator pitch for this game i was like well okay i need to get that because as you said it is a social deduction game and it's not a social deduction game that you can play with too it is a two-player social deduction game called inhuman conditions uh from the same people that brought us Uh, Cards Against Humanity, please don't tune off. Please, please stay listening, I promise. I'm out. I promise. (laughs) Uh, So Inhuman Conditions is set in a universe that is similar to but legally distinct from Blade Runner, (laughs) where one person is the investigator and the other person is either a human or a robot. And there are a lot of like tests and things that you go through where the investigator will ask the suspect uh, questions based around a theme. And if they're a human, all they have to do is get through the entire three minute questioning to three minutes or five minutes of questioning and not have the investigator say, I'm pretty sure you're a robot. And then push the, the button that kills them. If you're a robot, you have a lot more restrictions on the things that you are and are not allowed to say. You also have, if you violate one of your rules, there's a penalty that is agreed on and established before the game starts. And part of what I really like about this game is it is very, very much into itself. It's very much into its own universe. When you sit down at the table... Uh, the the box it's this really long kind of like a card shoe for Magic the Gathering it's this really long box magnetic leaf that unfolds and there's a spot where the investigator has they have this little notepad that they write on where they put like what's your name what's your occupation do I think you're a robot what set of questions are we using and there's a little spot for that and then you have two little rubber ink stamps one that says human and one that says robot, and there's like two little spots for those. And when you're going through the rule book, it specifically it gives you almost a script of, thank you for sitting with me. This will be your final interview to determine your innocence. And it really leads you through a like building into because the game itself is three minutes. So it really helps it really helps both players get very into the spirit of the game and really get into the the magic circle of it all which i'm you know I'm, i'm a big fan of games that 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 appreciate the fact that they are games that it's a silly thing that we all do we all sit around a table and play cops and robbers for a while and it really embraces that and i love that so much about it and there's even a very small little box at the bottom of the notepad where if you uh if I say that you're a robot and then it turns out that you're actually a human, uh, I have this little box where I can write a condolence letter to your family apologizing <laughs> for killing you. <it. laughs> That's a
2: great little touch. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it game. works yeah.
3: so wonderfully. It also, it's, um, it's great when you have a group of people because everyone wants to sit around and watch, especially if everyone either does or does not know if the person's a robot i think it works better if no one knows except yeah. for the suspect and everyone's just sitting behind the investigator like i was thinking oh, that oh, is a robot? when you were describing it i was like i want to watch two people play this i want to watch yeah, it yeah. yeah i want to watch a youtube series of people playing this it sounds funny it's a uh, I I i really love it i think it sounds fun based on what i described i also think i did a bad job describing it no, no, you did, it did, it is. did a good job.
1: Yeah,
2: it's it's, it's the Void Test from so Blade much Runner. Happening.
3: They made a whole game around the Void Contest. Like, are you a robot? Uh, the form that you fill out is the like VK82. Yeah, like whatever year the movie came out. It's it's like the form is named that because they're like, yeah, we know, we know,
2: we know. Yeah. <laughs> I do love this as a small subgenre in board gaming of like, hey, this is based on a movie that we were not going to get a rights to. So this and like, uh, what's the d- Dinosaur Island? And I feel like there's others. Or d- Dead of Winter, which is The Walking Dead, but not. So it's like, hey, we weren't even going to attempt to get
3: the rights to the thing, but you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then just a, just an honorable mention, and I'll, I'll throw it back out uh there's a, a another... It's a two-player game, but it's another game where two people are playing, but the rest of the room is watching because it's really engaging to watch. And that is a game that came out a few years ago called Fog of Love. And it is... It's more of a role-playing game than a board game. I mean, it does have rules and there's victory conditions. Uh, but it's, it's a, basically a role-playing game where both people are in a relationship of some sort and you actually determine... What kind, you know, where are you in the relationship? Have you guys just started dating? Uh, Have you been married for a couple years? Is maybe one person running around on the other person? Mm -hmm. And you have uh, your personality traits where you want to, you are rewarded for answering certain responses certain ways. And this is another game where in the rule book, as you're going through it, it tells you, like, understand that you are playing a character, you are not playing you. And that the person that you're playing with is also playing a character. And they're not making the decisions that they would actually make in their real life. So please don't get mad at them later for this. <laughs> Thought- I love that. There's thoughtful uh, game designers for putting that in. <laughs> yes, yes. Because it, it is like I've I've played it a couple times. Uh, I've only ever played it once with my wife. I don't know what that says. Uh, but I've played it a couple times with other friends. And even, even like just loose friendships it's still there's a weird feeling that happens about halfway through the game of like are you you feeling this right now why did you why did you say that to my mom i don't you love my mom i don't what what, what, where is this coming from (laughs) it's so good and it's so much fun to watch um also it has a very very interesting if you can if you go to the kickstarter and go to board game geek it has a, a really interesting development cycle Uh, that does end kind of tragically where this guy wanted to design a game to play with his wife. And that was the, the whole inspiration was she didn't really like board gamey board games, but she liked romantic stuff, romantic comedies. So he wanted to design a board game around that. And then he actually got so into working on the game. They are actually no longer together. And that's kind of a bummer, but it's a really good journey to follow. Like it's, it's a good story and it's it's you know his his obsession with this and then reconciling it's it's i don't know that sort of ruined the game for me i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> <laughs> well
1: i'll bring it back up <laughs> i um i heard some really good things about this game i i talk a lot about two-player games because that is everyone wants a two-player game and every time i always get a comment like have you played fog of love yet and i'm like no i haven't i need to play this game it is high on my wish list of games to play um, and I love role playing. I love getting into character i I love that type of thing so that game definitely would check a lot of boxes for me.
2: I think it's interesting that the both of the games you picked Aaron are sort of more experiences than games in a traditional sense. and I love that because it really does kind of like, getting together with like one other person to like play a game where there's a winner and a loser isn't necessarily like the dynamic that everybody wants. It, maybe they're too competitive, but like having a really interesting silly or dramatic time together can be really fun especially if you're into stories or telling stories so those are two really interesting choices i mean board games are more than just like run around the track and score victory points there's a lot more to the hobby so that's really cool
0: it's definitely and i know we talked about it it being like kind of more quiet like sort of uh almost meditative when you're playing with two people but i think that's actually because like you mentioned matt it's a lot more intimate you actually get to really focus like on the other person when you're playing just focus on that time that you don't get when you have you know three four five people around and so i I, maybe that's why we also see that a lot of these two-player games are a lot quicker i mean obviously some are some are longer you are going to play you know long games like terraforming mars scythe you might play those games with two people but a lot of the two-player games tend to be very quick you can pick them up you can get them out in like 20 to to 30 minutes and so i did want to ask you uh about actually uh uh Danny about one of the games that I saw that was a little bit shorter there which is uh, Botanic because first off the, the theme is, is awesome I want to play this but also I love that it's 20 minutes long it didn't even give like 20 to 30 it's 20 minutes that's super fast you can get it out play it. It, it it looks awesome
1: it's become one of my favorite two-player games and it this game completely surprised me it was sent to me randomly last year and I definitely looked at it and I was like eh okay, like, sure, I'll, I'll play it, like, I'll, I'll talk about it. And I actually brought it to Gen Con with us. So I was like, oh, if I have time, like, I'll, I'll pop it out and play it there. And we played it on the plane. We had it straddled in between two, like, the, the trays. And it's a tile placement game where you draft the tiles from, like, the center market. And it isn't a direct draft, though. It's an indirect draft. So you, when you place a tile it's really hard to explain without seeing it um so you need a place and pick up tiles and if it ever breaks a pattern within the market then you receive a tile that goes into your tableau so it's a it's a lot more than just like taking it and putting it in their strategy so you don't want to give your opponent something or maybe you want to give them something because it's not going to fit well in their tableau so the matter of drafting is where a lot of the strategy comes and then you put it into your tableau where you're building this like not even sewer system because it's very pretty it's a pipe system where there's plants and all of these organic things growing off of it and the end game you score based off like your sections of colors and the plants coming off of it um it's very simple it's very strategic and is very quick and it it, it shocked me the art is very bizarre in but it's very pretty um and i i think it's fantastic it is so well i haven't found a flaw in it yet like um oh, that one's a little overpowered or you know sometimes you can find something in a game you're like eh, we're not going to play that card because it gets a little weird um i have yet to find that with this game we take it everywhere it is in my purse it, it comes with me in the car it's in my glove box on road trips um like i said you can play it on a plane if you get crafty with it uh that game it knocked out of the park for me it was in the top five of game's in general, for me, last year, and I think it will stay in my top ten permanently. It was it was that good. Wow,
2: that sounds awesome. I'm looking at it now, and you're right. The art style is so distinctive and interesting. Um, this looks great. I think
1: it's Space Cowboys. Is that who it is?
2: Let's look it I up and remember. give them a shout out. Um,
0: it is.
1: I think it's the same people who publish Splendor. And I could be misspoken.
0: I feel like it is Space Cowboys, you are correct. Yeah. You know, some you people go. have called me a space cowboy.
1: Hey,
0: hey, hey. Some
3: people call me Wow. Um,
2: I'm gonna call you that from now on, by the way. You should. <laughs> that's it. That's all that's it. You're the
1: space cowboy. I'm pretty sure that's an NSYNC song. Perfect. Too. <laughs>
2: um I got another game that I wanted to mention as kind of a I don't I don't know if a, this is another one that's like I don't know if everyone would think it was a two player game, but I thought it worked really well and scaled down, which is Star Wars Outer Rim. Um, and this is a fun one that is not so like buildy and uh, botanical and chill. This is Space Wizbang Adventures, uh, and but it works really well. I thought at two because um, you have much less downtime. So in a two to four player, in a three or four player game of Star Wars Out of Room, which if you don't know what it is, it's basically Star Wars uh, in a box. You zip around space, doing uh, cool jobs and missions, fighting stuff, getting bounties, uh, rolling dice, and having a a big old time. It's really good. It's uh, a bit on the random side and can be uh, really uh, disappointing when those cruel, cruel success dice don't uh, actually roll in your favor. But if you like Star Wars or if you just want a whiz-bang space adventure, um, really good. And it was particularly fun to play it after watching The Mandalorian because it's got those same vibes if you like The Mandalorian um but it worked really well in two-player because in a three or four game you know each player's turn can be i don't know you know 10 minutes if they're trying like trying to resolve a job where they're like i gotta rob the bank on naboo and i gotta roll these dice and see what happens and then maybe i'm gonna do here and so it could be it could be 15 minutes before it loops back around to you again which is not the end of the world i mean especially if you're you know having drinks and playing games with you know, your friends, but at the same time, if you want it to be a little more punchy or it's just back and forth, back and forth and you get your turn back, it felt pretty good. Um, it totally takes the player interaction out of it uh, for the most part, because you'll quickly end up on like opposite ends of the galaxy. And even though you might draw like a card, that's like go to another place with a, a space with another player and like do this thing to like score some points or mess them up. Or maybe even like you could do a bounty on your opponent if you want it's like, do I want to fly over to most whatever you know and like waste like two turns doing that? It's like you're probably not. So it pretty quickly devolves into you just chasing your own objectives and doing your thing. But that's okay. It works really well that way. So I think that's a a contender if you want something a little more uh, actiony and meritrashy that for two players.
1: I'm gonna completely agree with you. We played that recently. And I don't ever see us playing it with more than two people. Yeah. And I think for the reasons you described, like, it's the same reason why I never want to play on Mars with more than two people. Like, it would just take <laughs> forever. Oh. But I do like the action. Outer Rim surprised me. Very much surprised me mm-hmm. how much I like that. And I think maybe because we were hot off the heels of The Mandalorian and I was like, oh my god, all the all the characters are here and I can do all these bounties and do all this yeah. fun stuff. And um, we definitely had Star Wars on the TV while we were playing. Um, yeah. So felt the vibes. But I would never play it with more than two people.
2: It was – we've played it with three, and it's okay. I would be freaked out to play it with four. I feel like that long, like, curve to get back to your turn after with three players would be a real bummer. But it, it was okay with three, but I liked it a lot with two. And I had a similar experience of, like uh, – Watching it, playing it while like watching Star Wars TV recently, and it's like I was introduced to the character of like Black Cursantin in Star Wars Outer Rim, and then saw him on like the Bubba Fett show like two days yes. later, and I was like, "This is a thing that I said out loud in a living room." I was like, Th- it's that guy from the board game." Because <laughs> <laughs> like I don't read like Star Wars extra media, and I'd never heard of Black Cursantin, and I was like looking at my wife, I j- I got a bounty on that guy, and I got him. <laughs>
1: I got him. And I she, turned him in. I turned
2: him in. And she's like, I don't know. What's he and doing she's here? She's like, good for you. I'm so proud of you. Mom, look, my action figure. He's on the TV. He's <laughs> the guy from the board group. So I did have a weird experience of like, you know, it made me enjoy the show a little more. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but that's a fun one. So I don't know. It's worth looking at.
0: I d- am curious because, um, Danny, I know you had a game that you mentioned that is actually a little more combative than I think we, t- uh, a lot of the games that we talked about earlier on. Like, obviously. In a lot of card games, you're going to be working against another person, but I'm curious about uh, Rift Force, because it's specifically a two-player duel card game. Of course, I mean, you know, Magic the Gathering, most card games are, in a sense, dueling, you know, card games, but I'm curious, so why why this one, how does this one work for you, and why does that help a little more, you know, as opposed to, like, some take-that mechanics?
1: so why why riff Force slaps for me um <laughs> there's very little hidden information so when you're playing a deck builder when you're playing magic you have a deck and you're like okay i'm playing against someone who's playing red white i kind of have an idea how this is gonna play but exactly what they're gonna play i have no idea what to expect so riff force is a is this the right term deck constructor like it's already it comes with pre-made decks and you form a deck with all the pre-made like factions. Kind of like um, Smash
3: Up a little bit?
1: Yeah, exactly like Smash Up. Okay. It is exactly like Smash Up. Um, but even simpler, maybe? No. It's, it's on a very much like adjacent level of Smash Up, it, but in a different way. So there's eight factions, ten factions, I lied. And you each draft four. You mill a deck together. And you are playing on a rift. And there's five locations where you can play cards. Again, similar to Smash Up. Um, but the cards are labeled five, six, seven, So 5 through 7. And each faction has one ability. And you know what those abilities are. So they're all out in front of you. Like I know when I'm playing against Todd, which 4 he has and which 4 I have. And it's a matter of where you place them and how they stack. So when you bring out, there's three things you can do. You can bring in cards. You can activate the cards. Or you can check for points and draw up. Um, so when you bring in cards, you can only bring in three, they either have to be the same faction or the same number. They come out on the locations and they kind of act as like, uh, like who's going to, like they go in order of who's going to take damage first. Um, so if you're up front, they're going to take the damage and then it's going to escalate backwards. Um, when you activate, you just activate those guys abilities so whoever's out on those locations you can only activate three they all have to be of the same faction or the same number so you know looking at my board she has five fives out she's probably going to activate those fives what is she going to do with those um and it's it is as simple as that so it's more strategy than the randomization or the expect or the lack of expectation like you don't know where this is go gonna go you can prepare for the person's next step and I think that's why I like it because it has like the the strategy of like a euro game but also has like the feel of uh, like a trading card game or a deck builder so it's a good blend of the two and some games can play really quick depending on the the factions that you put together and some can get like very lengthy because there's a healer and there's tanks and they all have different things so just depending on how you how you build your deck will determine like the length and by the by length i mean either like 30 minutes or 45 minutes like there's nothing more than that i that is a good brewery game for us we've been hitting that game hard recently packs up into a nice little box It's sits well on a picnic table and you can like get your rift aligned perfectly on like the center the center wood plank of a picnic table it is like prime time board game a uh, brewery board game for us so Rare Force is fun. I think it came out last year.
2: Yeah, looks like it. But did. But I
1: can't, I can't recommend that one enough, especially for people who like card games but are looking for simplicity. And yeah, I'd never made the Smash Up connection. I can't believe I never made that Smash Up <laughs> connection.
2: Oh, this looks awesome. Uh, this looks right up my alley. It's got really cool, uh, fantasy epic themed art. Uh, and you're right, it's like a, it's a relatively compact little game that you could take with you.
1: And I think. I think why... So, I got beef with Smash Up. I think because I played it too much. (laughs) I got beef. It has that element where you work really hard to build something up, and someone can very quickly say F you and make it all go away. Like, there's none of that in Rift Force. Or there is, and you can plan for it. You, You can see it coming. There's no surprise. Yeah, that's what it is. There's no surprise as to what's coming.
0: Yeah, making sure that nobody feels bad like, during the game, I think it's, like, a big part of it. Because, I mean, you know, this is why I want to talk about my next two-player game, Monopoly, which I think is great for uh, us.
3: Insert the Skype disconnect sound here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, making sure that, you know, everything you do and the whole, you know, what you're leading up to doesn't feel like it gets crushed in a second is, you know, a big part of making sure you can enjoy the game with two people, especially if you want to play it, you know, a lot. And I like that it's so short that you can really get like a lot of uh, playthroughs in or like you know break it out with maybe other games if you want to make it a longer evening
1: are we being serious about monopoly no no, that was
0: no definitely not before. oh <laughs> i was like
1: wow no <laughs> I, we, uh we danny weird. said <laughs> <on>
3: full, <laughs> the wrong podcast. On full
1: spectrum i was here to listen to it i want to hear the arguments for monopoly like i, I <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> You know, you've seen, oh. you, you, you've watched uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, you know. So, <laughs> very similar. Um, How to Lose no. a Friend. Uh, <laughs> make them play Monopoly with you. Yeah, I can't imagine that game. at all. We've a, been talking
2: about people. doing a show. Let's uh, tease it on the air so that we'll have to actually do this. We've been talking about doing a show where we play maligned old games and see, like, are they really as bad? Like, when's the last time you honestly played Monopoly? So maybe we'll play Monopoly and Clue and Risk and just see. But then every time I think about actually playing Monopoly, Clue, and Risk, I get, like, <laughs> palpable sense of terror. So, I don't know. We'll see. That uh, We'll see.
1: I played Guess Who recently. Guess Who? I had a really good time. Yeah, I was like,
3: Guess Who. <laughs> guess Who slaps, though.
1: Yeah, like, what a good you, one. I, I had, had fun a that good game. time playing.
3: I think the beauty of Guess Who is that there's not rules getting in, in the way of what is a very simple that's thing. That's
1: true. Yeah. As very, There's only like very accurate.
3: you just do like are you a guy or are you a girl that eliminates half. Do you have glasses? That's like another
2: third. You know, do you have a beard? And then it's like that one guy Cornelius who's like yeah. bald with like the chin beard. <laughs>
0: now you like you're gamble, Cornelius, and you can gamble big on the blue eyes, green eyes one. But if you yeah. get it wrong and you waste a guess, you know I, like... I, I, the
3: correct the correct way to play Guess Who, and this is a game that Simon published a few years ago called Unusual Suspects. Is you do not ask. What color are their eyes? You ask Do they have eyes? Do they tip well? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh,
0: does this like person does
3: your person vote Republican? Ooh.
1: I so this is a trend right now on tiktok and i don't know if it's a trend or some weird side of tiktok i fell on but people are recording themselves playing guess who in that respect like yes. does your person look like they would have played baseball in high school and then drank bud lights in college <laughs> and like you see the person like flick flick nope i was dying watching this post recent one because the person nailed it whether it was scripted or not it was still funny as hell I, it was it was good uh-huh.
0: That, that actually sounds amazing. That,
2: that's the, I want to play Guess Who that way now. Um, <laughs> a, talking about all these cl- classic games makes me realize we're forgetting the greatest two-player board game that was ever made. Uh, you'll get caught up in it. The Crossfire. Oh my God. Oh, I played that yeah. recently.
1: I dated I mean, a girl on. in high
3: school that had a copy of I it. I had a copy and of I will, it. Oh. I'd be I'd be lying if I said that relationship maybe didn't last a week or two longer <laughs> than it absolutely needed. Just to. to keep coming over and play like crossfire, Based purely on the fact that she had crossfire. And I was like, I mean, she can't be that bad. What a great game! She had a crossfire.
2: What's the, what's the, how does this game work? Uh, kids shoot ball bearings at each other. Let's make that. <laughs> Let's definitely make that game.
1: Can't go wrong. Can't go, <laughs> can't go
3: wrong with that. Oh, and they do it like one at a time. No, yeah, no, do no, do chain fire.
2: It's my like...
1: fingers started to hurt playing that. Like I started getting like the, I had to like hold my wrist to uh, do it. We're... It was getting brutal, but it was fun. Nintendo, 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 I got Nintendo. carpal
2: tunnel playing Crossfire this weekend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> you know the game. I actually, I, I actually did want to talk about Calico briefly. I know I mentioned it earlier, but that's actually been the go-to two-player game for me and my wife lately. Uh, mostly just because, I mean, like we mentioned earlier, it's just such a, a, a chill and relaxing game. We love to put on the, the chill beats to study to playlist that throws on and, and just kind of vibe out a little bit while we build our, you know, build our quilts and, and get cats to go ahead and lay down on them and try to sew buttons in. And, you know, just speaking of games that really allow you to just kind of tune out for a little bit, like that game more so. I mean, like, obviously, there's a lot of games that where you build a beautiful looking thing like Azul and stuff like that. But it, that game more than most other games I've played is just a relaxing time, like I've never I've never felt stressed. Even when your quilt is getting a little too crowded and things aren't really quite working out for you and you're about to mess everything out, it's still fun. Like, it's so nice to... It still looks pretty. And that's big for me.
3: I mean, it's got a sleeping kitten on the cover of the box. How could that game not be chill? So since you, you made that comparison to Azul, uh, I know last week we we're on the main show we talked about uh, Azul and how it is an entirely different game at two players than it is with more people have you played calico with more people does it have that same sort of feeling where it's it could almost be packaged as its own separate game because it is so different so
0: actually i would not really because the only difference within the the way that you interact with other people in that game is there's a a pool of tokens out in the middle actually in some way it's actually better with more people because when you're playing with two people oftentimes you'll go for a similar strategy and so there'll be two tokens out of the three that nobody wants and so you're just, you're, you're working off a one at that point because, well, like, I don't want that one. You, you, you take that one, you know? And uh, so actually with more people, there's more chances that things get taken away. So, but it's still, that's not to say it doesn't work at two people, but I think that there's, it absolutely is not worse than any way at more people. And I think it works just as well.
2: I get that game mixed up with, I get that game mixed up with Calico. And so that's what I had in my mind the whole time. Not Calico, I'm sorry, Isle of Cats. And that's what oh yes, mine. Yes. and Isle of Cats like creeps me out with its like long, uh, weird like long twisty cats. Uh, I've never <laughs> played it, but it's on uh, board game Instagram, and I see people posting about it. And I was like, I don't like that game with these long cats.
0: I just wanted to say that I had nothing else to add to the discussion. Oh, Matt hates long cats. They're weird, man.
1: <laughs> you heard it here first. Matt I hate don't long cats,
0: man. <laughs> so obviously i mean there's a ton of uh, two-player games we could keep coming up with more but i do want to jump into the last game that you brought for us today danny which is i believe lost cities
1: oh this is our and true this is one we had to buy a new copy that's how much wow. we played this it that's was one awesome. of our first games we bought well no i take that back it was in the early days um so it is a two-player specific game And I like to call it battle or dueling spider solitaire. And so there are five different colors and the new version has a six different color and you are trying to build exactly like in solitaire, um, a run from very bottom two up to 10. And there's one of each, there's no duplicates. Um, and your goal for each color, once you start it, you need to hit a threshold of 20 points. So you would add up your numbers and you need to make it to 20. If you don't make it to 20, you get minus points for whatever the difference is between that and 20. And then if you do make it to 20, you get positive points for whatever you exceed in 20. So that is like 20 is the baseline zero. But there's other elements where you can kind of double down on things and add multipliers before you start the run. They look like little like poundy fists, like you're <laughs> you're giving someone like a pound it. Um, so you need to play that in anticipation that you are going to hit that 20 threshold. And it does the same thing for doubling points, anything beyond 20, that it will double negative points. So if you don't hit that threshold with the multiplier, you kind of shot yourself in the foot. Um, so it's back and forth, you draw a card or you play a card from your hand. Um, you can place cards in the center as a discard, which will allow the opponent to take it. So you're like, I don't have a lot of blue. I do have a lot of these other colors in my hand. I'm going to get rid of this blue in hopes I'm going to pick up something I need, but that might give your opponent the, the opportunity to be like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely going into blue now. I'm picking this up and I'm going to put it down. So all like no duplicates. So once you start seeing cards coming out, like you can kind of prepare for strategy, but it does start getting down to the wire where once the deck runs out, that's it. So you might have a handful of cards that you're like, I was going to put it down. And then like the, your opponent's like milling it. Like, no, 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 I'm not letting this happen. So it's a good time. Like we will sit down and play like five rounds of it. Um, it's our camping game. It's our vacation game. It is our late night. We had a long day game. Um, it is it is the game for all times uh it's that is our 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 number one of the two player games
3: i've recently started playing it on uh board game arena and with board with with playing board games online if it's like a four player game you can count on at least one person being really shaky at it so you have like a safety corner But if you're playing a only two-player game on the internet, you're playing it because you really like it and because you're really good at it. And I I played three games on Board Game Arena over the course of a week. And I was like, I'm never going to play this game online again because they have made it not fun for me. Because I will end the game with like eight and they end the game with like 400 or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, what did I do? <laughs>
0: The, the spiciest online. Lost
3: City
2: games. Yeah, Splendor on Game Board S- Game Arena is a uh, just disaster. But it's the
0: best because
3: you got the little eyeball so you don't have to do math. No, but these people—it shows you. Can I buy this card?
1: People are savage. They are like, savage. I, I am not down with whatever clown is happening with Splendor online because uh, it's too much for me. Can we back people up for a second to where, to where Aaron
0: was talking about how you have to do math to play Splendor? Like, yeah, because
3: you got, like, okay, so I've got two red cards and then one red gem, and that needs those red gems and then the white gems and the green gems. Sounds and like math like, to me. At the thing, that, And I constantly have to, like, that, look up and down a, at what I have addition. and what's on the table. Okay. Yeah, which <laughs> a, is a math. Still math. <laughs> okay. Which is 100% math. So... <laughs> If I don't want to do math in my are free you, time, I have that right in. This is America. I have that right. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it just has a little button that I can click the eyeball and like then I can just see the card. Because right? with Splendor, with a lot of engine building games like that, I will fixate on working toward a thing. And that lets me see all of the things that I can achieve right now versus I get stuck on a thing. And then right when I finally have enough to get it danny buys that card and then i just have no plan moving forward she's ruined everything for me my life is in shambles <laughs> uh is splendor fun too, with two players have i have we, i don't know if i've ever
2: played splendor with two players
1: i've played it a lot at two player is it fun is it good that's another game i need another copy of. yeah you weren't out
2: disagree yeah but you have weird feelings about splendor the math's too deep for you it's too <laughs> complex <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that's where that went. Sort of oh,
0: yeah, no, I uh, I, Splendor is great. I I would love to play it online actually more. Uh, you're just mad, you're one of those folks, aren't you're, you? You're an online Splenderer, Matt. You're just mad because you're bad at it, you know. It's... I am very bad at it. I thought
2: I was good, uh, but I'm not, uh. I have a, I have a, I have a question for the group. This is a bit of a, a, a an audible from the agenda, but it's something I thought about because everyone here plays D and D, and I had a fascinating thing recently where I was introducing D and D to my son and stepson, and we were playing with the cool new uh, Dungeons and Dragons Essentials kit, and it has rules in there for playing with two players, and that blew my mind, and I could not even imagine playing. D&D as like a two player game but they've adapted it. And I wanted to kind of since everyone here has some experience with D&D. One, have you played D&D as a two player game or would you? It feels weird, right? It's,
3: yeah, like I'm just I'm trying to conceptualize it in my head and it just cuz the the whole thing is about the different personalities right. clashing at the t- and like I feel like two player D would feel a lot more adversarial you would have to have like a dynamic with
2: the person you're playing with whether it's like a partner or just a really close friend that is very comfortable like telling stories and just riffing and like i don't know i think i think two people who are like very creative could have a blast with that but it could be deeply awkward for about a 90 percent of the population they've essentially <laughs> tried i don't know so oh, actually
0: this is interesting because uh, somebody I know it, he actually does run a two player D&D game. He DMs a, a world that he is running for his wife and actually if anybody listening is interested they do actually turn it into a podcast because of course you know two people sure. running a D&D game it actually works really well. It's called The Bountiful Bards uh, and uh, it's the Fountains of Calreda is the the world he's doing. So it's it's interesting. It's 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 pretty fun and I think like you said like if it's two creative people he also is an author he's he's writing books and Mm -hmm. so the uh so he's an author and so he loves world building and so i think if you do have where even if one person is super creative and super interested in creating a world for the other person that could actually be a really fascinating way to have some quality time where one person can get all their creative juices out you know and uh, the other person gets to just reap the benefit of that i think that's actually a really cool dynamic
1: i i when you put it that way i was just picturing me playing it alone with my husband who hates the role-playing aspect of <laughs> it, just it must, yeah. he's the person that's oh like yeah, no, where's the be? dragon i can chop and then there's <laughs> me who is like the most elaborate like storytelling i just want to role play everything and talk to everyone mm-hmm. like it would never work it, but if i were to have someone to like match my end of yeah. it yeah I could get down with that. I can. I. I think I could. I don't think I'd want to. I think I would probably just want to play a board game or something. Yeah. But it could happen. I, mean, I,
3: I realize I'm being incredibly reductive here, but two-player D and D just feels like competitive bedtime stories. <laughs> <laughs> the one-uppers. The one-uppers
1: unite.
3: And then this happened. And then this happened.
1: And yeah. Then,
2: I don't know. I think everyone's got to be somewhere. I just. I thought it was a really cool, like, idea that they'd even put it in there. And one of the things I do. This is a. Wild tangent, but one of the things I love about D and D is that it's basically a framework around which you can hang almost anything. It's like here's just some crazy rules, and it's like if you wanted to just play like a war game out of this and put some miniatures down and fight stuff, you could do that, or you could just do improv theater troupe around the same exact game experience, or it could just be two people telling each other a lovely story. D and D is an incredibly malleable thing; it's fascinating.
0: I definitely hope that we can actually do this again at some point and have you maybe for another two player episode in, in the future because the more that we talk about it the more i realize there's just there's almost no end of the games that we can we can bring up and the the places you can go because there is i mean you know one-on-one is such a different dynamic so of course you know we do have to to bring it to an end at some point but hopefully you know i think we had a, a lot of games that we were able to talk about and hopefully if you're interested at all in picking up a two-player game maybe you can find something from what we've talked about all right. And that is our episode. Thanks once again to Danny for jumping on. It was a pleasure to have you. So just real quick, you can go ahead, just go ahead and plug yourself. Let us know where we can find you. If people want to follow you or what else is going on with you. What's new.
1: Sure. So you can find me anywhere on the internet, <laughs> um, mostly TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, eventually YouTube in that order, preferably um, at Danny underscore stand Um, I just love to talk about board games uh, in a serious manner and a not-so-serious manner. Uh, pick your poison, I'm there for all of it. And what I have coming up, i uh, preparing to go to PAX, <clears throat> PAX East, that is mid-April, super excited for that. Um, hopefully, um, I've got some things in the works, uh, we're going to be like, supporting a lot of small publishers and some small designers, there's going to be like kind of a in air quotes, uh, indie mega booth for board games, and hopefully I'm going to get you know a lot of information out to the public on these cool games that are going to be there. So that's kind of my big endeavor that's coming up for the month of April.
0: That sounds really awesome. Remember to go check her stuff out. Genuinely amazing. Some absolutely hilarious videos as well, too. Just mm. amazing stuff. Of course, if you did enjoy the podcast, do consider giving us a like. Maybe subscribe or tell somebody about us. And maybe you could even reach out. Let us know what you're thinking. What are some two-player games you personally enjoy? Matt, if people want to reach out, where can they do so?
2: Well, they can find us on the Instagram. We are at DicePirates. We do more than podcasts. We're there all week long, reviewing games, posting about what we're doing, having a good time, and we want to hear from you. So if you send us a message or a comment, I promise we'll talk to you and we'll even be nice
0: stay tuned for more episodes of course will we ever muster up the courage to play monopoly we'll just stay tuned and <laughs> see so, but until then we'll be right here on the dice pirates
3: play more games